0: What's up, Tacoma? Thanks for pressing play on the Prickly Pear Podcast. I'm Christina Butcher, your host and the publisher here at Blue Cactus Press, where the podcast is produced. A few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to sit down with Lucian Vidigo, an extremely talented mixed-media artist and generally good human, and the following conversation is the beautiful, messy result of that. Also, just a heads up, we recorded this episode in a garage, so it sounds like we're inside a tin can. But that's just how it plays out sometimes. Anyway, happy listening. Okay. Coffee, Coffee in hand. Coffee in hand. Hello, Lucian. Hello, Christina. Ah, huh, Lucian is joining us today, and we are recording in the garage. The garage. The garage. <laughs> I refuse to say it the right way.
1: Yeah, I, I refuse to say a the right way. It always comes out, especially when I'm at work.
0: Uh, what does and that word
1: even mean? Avocado.
0: Oh, Avocado. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You I want some avocado that. on that sandwich? Yeah. Like what?
0: It sounds kind
1: of dirty. <laughs> it's it's way funnier <laughs> to say too. <laughs> um, so yeah.
0: Well, thank welcome. You. Thanks thank for you. hanging out.
1: Yeah, thank
0: you for having me. Will you tell folks a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um. For our lame ass listeners who don't know who Lucien is, get with (laughs) it.
1: But also, Uh, here's an intro. Hi, lame ass listeners who don't know me. I'm just kidding. You're about to become super cool. I love this. (laughs) I'm Lucien Vidego. I am a super queer, he him identifying artist uh, specializing in music. Um, experimental electronic music specifically more lately writing Uh, I paint a lot I work at Honey um, at Alma Mater which is probably where you've unknowingly seen me I I get a lot of people on Instagram was like oh wait you're that person like yeah (laughs) that person (laughs) (laughs) the one making dad jokes while making your coffee (laughs) always yeah and I live in Tacoma uh, for almost five years now. It'll be five years next month, Ooh. November. fourth, November
0: maybe. How do you feel about being here for five years?
1: I, I've been debating about it. I can feel it start to wear on me mm. because I'm not used to being in a place where people know me. Yeah. I usually leave sooner than that. Um, I've never stayed in a spot this long just kind of inherently nomadic in nature. I think Um, we
0: have that in common.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. we do. (laughs) We do. Uh, So it's weird for me to, like, go to a coffee shop and see five people I know. And, Mm -hmm. like, some days I absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I have friends. I have community. This is so new. And then other days where, you know, maybe, Mm -hmm. like, I had a bad night or something. Mm -hmm. Like, don't talk to me. And I hole up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think everybody has that sort of yin yang thing going on within them. But uh, I'm learning how to embrace that and <laughs> just admit it's okay to be human and be a little, you know, covert sometimes if you need.
0: It's also okay to go to a coffee shop and express that you're like, I don't really want to chat today. Yeah. I don't want to make friends today. I can't human. I can't I'm human. Sorry. Yeah. Humaning is hard. It is. It's particularly It is very hard
1: difficult. Nowadays. I feel like more people are talking about it, too, and that mm-hmm. really comforts me. I think the human race has just become increasingly self-aware. I don't know. I, I used to get very nervous walking. Mm-hmm. I hated when people would see me walk, and this is, like, only a couple years ago when I first moved here, too, <laughs> And um, I, it, got, it, it, it took me a while to get used to just walking and, like, having people I know watch me, like, walk around town. And, but, but I would catch myself, like, I'd start to freeze in mid-walk, and, like, my walking would get kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm like, Lucien, you're being weird. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Everybody has legs. No, they don't, actually. <laughs> I take that back. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to sound ableist for a hot second. Not everybody has legs, but the people who do walk. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Hi, I'm okay. Lucy Medego. nice to meet you. <laughs> that was
0: the best intro we had on the <laughs> Amazing. <laughs>
1: Tell me I walk funny next
0: time you see me. Come at him. Come yeah. at him. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, listen. You mentioned a few minutes ago, and you've mentioned in the past that you've been working on quite a bit of writing. Yes. Are you willing to share with us what?
1: Absolutely. I've I've been wanting to share a lot, um, but I feel like people are really scared to share when they're writing a book because they feel that it'll like uh, be bad luck.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah. There's a very strong superstition against telling yeah. people about what you're working
1: on. And I've I've read more into that and apparently when you tell people about what you're working on, it like gives your brain the feeling that it's already finished the thing that you're working on.
0: Interesting.
1: But I see my pile of paper and it is definitely not finished. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well I'm not gonna stop just because I'm talking about it. I I just don't think maybe my brain doesn't work in quite that way, mm-hmm. um, at least with writing. Maybe in a different thing. Yeah, I'm writing kind of a memoir-esque book. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of weird about using the word memoir because it seems to have a self-aggrandizing connotation. But I've lived a really weird life, and it's very exciting. Um, and I have I've learned a lot in a very short period of time,
0: and I want to share about it. Yeah. I think you're right that there's a bit of a stigma or this sort of, and I'm, gonna, I'm air quoting, like professional
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, connotation to the word memoir, but I don't know, I think now that I work at a bookstore and I see the breadth of work that could be considered memoir yeah, and kind of how people are taking back Taking the power out of the word and being like, "Look, we don't all have to present so polished. This doesn't." I'm not saying (laughs) that my life is like that has been this amazing grand journey, but I do have a story to tell, and I think it's worth telling. And it probably has been an amazing grand journey. It (laughs) probably has, yeah. And that's what's cool is that at the heart of it, I think a lot of the stories out there are pretty fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, and I've I've uh, been reading, I guess you could call it a memoir called How to Be Alone. that my friend Monique Simkova, shout out I to her. Love
0: that I human love being. Love
1: that human. Um, I promise I will give it back to you once I'm finished. Don't worry. It has I your name know. written in it. the front. I know he's it's old, you.
0: almost <laughs> rocking back and forth. In the I am. Now now I have totally. to do it. Now I have to do <laughs> it. I
1: have to finish the book. I'm almost <laughs> finished. But um, it's it's written by a comedian. Um, I forget her dang name, but she's the one who came up with Tinder Live. Mm-hmm. um but she has such a funny voice a funny writing voice um even when she's talking about like the most self-deprecating subjects mm-hmm. you can't help but bust out laughing while you're reading this and I was like well shit this is the type of memoir I mm-hmm. want to write and Monique actually lent me that book because she heard I was writing a book and she's like oh, I have something
0: cool. that might help you I'm like Perfect. Wait, something good happened after you told other people you were writing a book instead of something bad? (laughs) Yeah. Suck
1: on that superstitious. Suck on it.
0: Like a lollipop or whatever. Or maybe nicely. Yeah. Just enjoy it.
1: Just enjoy it. Savor it. (laughs) But uh, the book was triggered into existence by um, a particularly life-shattering experience that I had only last year, I think it's it's like it just hit its year's anniversary this earlier September um, when I first sat with ayahuasca mm-hmm. and realized that uh, I had been living my life in a very strange way. Mm-hmm. I was definitely living with a, a mental blockage that just skimmed by me somehow subconsciously. And uh just didn't even notice it for God knows how many years.
0: Well, it's part of our brain's job, right? Yeah. It's like, let's yeah. just suppress this shit down. Let's build this exactly. wall so that we can keep moving through our daily life yeah. without it being so hard, without it hurting so much.
1: Yeah. Um, but I... Uh, yeah, it definitely didn't... Hurt. Well, no, I've, I've definitely hurt in the past, I should say. Um, but... This this wall definitely um, didn't allow me to communicate to people in a genuine fashion. And so over this past year, after realizing that, I'm learning how to communicate with people again, um, just in a totally new way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I'm finding it very uh, necessary to write down this experience as it's happening. hmm Um, rather than afterwards so that I can get all of the different faucets of what's going on. And I think that's also why I'm really confident in, like, writing a book about it because I'm basically just journaling right now. Yeah,
0: you're living it. Yeah, I'm living
1: it. And uh, I know it's all going to come together, I feel like, within the next year. When I started the book, I was like, I'll have this done in three months. I'm on a roll. I, I was pumping out so many pages in a day. And then I just hit a wall, and I was like, gosh, okay, this is what they talk
0: about when they're writing a book. All yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody says, I have a book that I'm writing, I want to publish it in six months, I'm like, get real. Get real. You need more time than that. Yeah. Just for yourself. Just yeah. so that you can kind of work on it, then step back, let it breathe, come back to it. Yeah, It's its own. It becomes its own thing. I feel like once we start... Getting all of these ideas and words onto paper and then into files and then you start handling the paper. Like, it starts to take on an Mm -hmm. actual physical shape and it's kind of weird. I feel like Uh. it it just transfers from inside your head all the way out into this object and and it needs room to breathe.
1: It has a whole wall.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right now.
1: (laughs) I, I bought like little bulletin boards to hang on my wall, just so I could start doing a oh, sort cool. of like red yarn thing, connecting yeah. ideas to each other. I don't have red yarn, but um, I have a bunch of pins and a bunch of paper on the wall right now. Uh,
0: I do the same thing on the floor.
1: I did. I did do a thing on the floor, yeah. and it was really cool. And I wish I had photographed it. But I also have to do it again, so maybe yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it then. What, what did you do on the floor?
0: I take out, I print out all of my poems. Sorry, Mother Earth. Maybe one day that (laughs) practice will change. But I basically get everything out on paper, and then I lay them out on the floor, and I group them, Mm. and then I order them, and then I think about poems or creative writing that can serve as bridges from one group to another. And um, then I just keep playing with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's super helpful, actually. Because that's the thing I'm, Absolutely. like, kind of worried about. I'm, I'm not really writing in very much of a mm-hmm. linear fashion yeah, except for my day-to-day. Yeah. But there's also, you know, besides the day-to-day, the experiences I've had in the past that I mm-hmm. didn't record down. And I'm like, how am I going to connect all of these? I know they yeah. all belong here. You just
0: put them in a pile, bring them down to this garage. Okay, yeah. And I'll throw them on the floor.
1: And then we'll have some we'll whiskey. Throw it on the ground. Yeah, and we'll throw it on the ground. <laughs>
0: sorry, I can't
1: help it. Actually, I'm not. Happy sorry. birthday to the ground.
0: Yeah, happy birthday to the ground, indeed. <laughs> it's <a> good ground. <laughs> well, can I ask you this? Um, <laughs> you used to travel a lot. You still travel? Yeah, I do. But actually. you're a I'm bit more getting,
1: getting up to it more and more.
0: It seems like you're a bit more um, grounded here in Tacoma now. Yeah. I definitely wasn't stable. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mind if I had just ask why? Like why Tacoma?
1: Um Tacoma's the first place I've ever had community. Hmm. Um and I've never really I've had like two friends (laughs) before this. Like two really good friends. Um friends are still something that are very new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just like cultivating relationships is something that's pretty new to me because I'm just used to everybody like disappearing. And I really I enjoy the people I'm meeting here. Uh, I enjoy where I work a lot. It's like just perfect for me. And I really like how how arts-centered Tacoma is. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite flawed how it's happening. But I think everything's flawed. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, that's
0: true. I, I mean, this
1: is just one observer, and I I, 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 there's, there's a sort of inclusiveness that doesn't quite hit. I think, and I'm not sure what that stems from. So I'm not saying that I have the answer. I'm not saying that anybody's like doing their job wrong. I think everybody's doing the best they possibly can. But there's just something off. I can
0: sense it. And I don't really know what it is. I think you were, when you're talking about inclusivity, I think I feel that too. Yeah. I don't think everybody's doing the best. No. I think <laughs> Maybe I'm all just all giving do too quite much credit. <laughs> I mean, I do think that most people have good intentions and that they mean well and that they are doing a generally good job. Mm-hmm. But I think, especially here in Tacoma,
1: are they doing very good enough?
0: No. I don't think no. we're doing very good enough. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank, thank you don't. for using the great no. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I want us to do better. I think yeah. we're doing okay. Yeah. I think we're in, the city is, in, is having a lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to art and it comes to access, I think Tacoma has a very sneaky, almost like hidden... What's the word? In crowd? Not.
1: uh, I mean, there totally is. There is an in
0: crowd, yeah. And
1: it sickens me.
0: Yeah. I think what I'm trying to say is I think Tacoma is sneakily segregated, self segregated. Mm. And not necessarily in terms of ethnicity, but definitely when it comes to uh, class. And yeah. I think we can do a lot better in that sense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't just mean that like we need to be dumping money into certain neighborhoods. Um, I just but maybe we do, but or <laughs> maybe the we need to have better conversations with the people living there. Mm-hmm. So and I and yeah, I do think the city could dump more money into certain neighborhoods, yeah. and we'd all be okay for it. But I yeah. I don't think that the way that they've done it in the past has been very successful, and I think that's why certain neighborhoods like Hilltop are so pissed off because mm-hmm. they're like, hey. You want this to be better, but you can't just decide what better is and just show up, yeah. throw money at it. Talk to us about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I think there's a lot of neighborhoods in Tacoma
1: yeah. like that. There's, there's like the the fence thing that happened in in Hilltop. I I didn't know what the fence originally said. I just saw the fence afterward. Yeah, and I liked that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I I love guerrilla art so much low-key want to do it a lot but like you also didn't hear me say that
0: so. i also want you to do gorilla art please i would love to just I be may, walking may. around and just seen see some stuff from something me. by lucian up on a wall <laughs> um the fence though was so interesting because i think at some point in this great debate about what was guerrilla art and what was somebody just mm-hmm. deciding the neighborhood needed to be prettier or that's how i think a lot of people yeah. took it what did it say I don't know, but it had changed the the artwork had changed about three months before, and then to the best of my knowledge, the artwork on the fence had changed about three or four times in the last couple of years, yeah, and so the folks that were debating it, some of them were like debating about the original artwork and then some were debating about mm. graffiti afterwards, and some were debating about the um there were some anti Trump and government language mm. on there that almost everybody agreed was like, yeah, that should have been there. Yeah. Why, like, why'd you paint over that? Yeah. But.
1: I mean, that came right back though. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> so it still should be yeah. there. Peach, peach,
0: uh, peach, yeah. peach, peach, mm-hmm. peach, 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 peach,
1: peach. So uh, yeah, me, Yeah, me
0: too. So, yeah. But you're thinking oh. about Tacoma in terms of community.
1: Yeah. Um Just trying to figure out how to work with everybody right now. Um how how I want to organize my social sphere. I definitely Marie condoed my social sphere. Mm. Does this person spark joy? <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> okay, out. <laughs> and I did that with a lot. <laughs> and so this this year is very different than last year mm-hmm. for me. It's a, I have a whole new sphere growing mm-hmm. now, and I feel like it's there's much more sparks nice. happening instead of. Uh, that's that one sparkler that you buy in the pack that keeps fizzling and it's like, Plat, yeah, Plat, and, but it never actually lights, and you're like, well, fuck.
0: Okay. It's very hard to let go of our ideas, I think, about what friendships and relationships, and whether that's like romance or platonic relationships, I think we get this idea of what a friendship could be or a person could be or our relationship to them, and then we can't let go of that idea. And so, like, we, yeah. We do we that rip the shit on ourselves. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We totally do. Yeah. Yeah. I ranted a whole lot about this. <laughs> <laughs> you saw
0: <that. laughs> I did. I liked it. Yeah. It was a good rant. Thank you. It gave me um, it bolstered me a bit. because uh-huh. I feel like I'm also trying to look more critically at mm-hmm. who I let in and why.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I I you know, that has my attention, of course, um, just, like, uh, getting to know what kind of relationships I want in my life. Mm-hmm. And if, I was thinking about it a lot, and I'm like, why did, Why am I bothered by so many of the friendships that I've had over the last year? And I'm realizing that a lot of that kind of has to do with, like, the Facebook culture of just being able to add yeah, somebody who lives in the same town has a bunch of mutual people, mutual people you may or also may not be actual friends with. And and it still says friend. And I I hold such high expectations or not expectations, actually, I think that's the wrong word. I hold such high standards now for people who want to be close to me mm-hmm. because I think, you know, I think it's an honor if I get to be intimate with somebody, mm-hmm. and I mean intimate in a more varied sense of the word, besides just sensual. Yeah, but I'm honored to be able to be in that space with them, and they should be honored to be in that space with me too. Because I think I'm a pretty special fucking human. Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't just hand out my time anymore. To to just be able to be called like a friend online, I get I get a little creeped out by that. Like mm-hmm. I don't know who you are. You're not my friend. Mm-hmm. Why are you talking to me like this? Like it's not that I'm not going to give you the benefit of doubt or like even a chance when I first meet you, but I don't, you know, it, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And I realized that a lot of my social sphere in the last year consisted of me sitting in circles of people talking over me um, while I'm probably getting way too high and shaking from so much weed in my system. Mm. <laughs> and it just wasn't fun. Yeah. I, I, Anytime I actually got the chance to, like, start to speak in a circle, uh, it would just, like, half of a sentence would come out, and people would be like, yeah, but I think. And I'm like, well, shit, what? you didn't actually want to know what I thought. Okay. So I'm looking for people who actually give a shit um, about what I think and who won't just agree with me. Mm-hmm. I want people who to disagree with me. I want to mm-hmm. argue with people. But I want to argue with people who understand what arguing is, yeah. and won't take it personally or whatever. Because I love getting heated, <laughs> I
0: really do. I didn't know that about you.
1: So yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's get into it sometimes.
0: Yeah, let's let's do get it.
1: angry at the each great other debate. and then like the great hug garage each other debate.
0: It. Yeah, damn it! I said garage, garage, garage.
1: The great avocado. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: great avocado versus the great garage. Versus the great Avaka <laughs> It sounds like you are seeking out more authenticity.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I can get down. With Within that. myself. Yeah.
1: And also without myself.
0: Yeah. Well, I think once we start believing in ourselves and holding ourselves to a certain standard, it gets easier to express boundaries with other people and hold them. Mm. But... It's so hard because that has to start. You have to believe that you're worth setting that boundary, right? And that you're worth having these conversations and you're worth being able to argue, step away, and come back and still say, I love you. I'm here. Mm -hmm. And to to get to that point is, like, fucking hard. Yeah. And painful. And it takes a lot of work. It totally does. And I think that is partly why a lot of us end up um, Facebooking in real life. Right? I think we Facebook in real life, and when you realize beer. it, it's so disappointing to me. Like, oh, I'm on autopilot. Yeah. I'm just showing up to this thing, smiling, saying yeah. hi, drinking a beer that I don't actually want to drink. This yeah. beer makes me pretty oh, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you get all bloated. Yeah. You're yeah. probably saying stuff you don't mean.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Telling a bunch of people about how you good you're doing or how yeah. great things are when really you're like man, I really want to eat those leftovers in my fridge. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty I really fucking tired. Yeah, I want to go stand up in my kitchen and eat a spoonful of peanut butter in yes. a jar. Yes. While Hannah <laughs> talks at me from the other room and I'm like, hey girl, hey. <laughs> and the dog's are eating the toilet paper and you're like, fuck you, Toby. I love you, but and I then love then you. And then you
1: sneak them a little bit of peanut butter. Too,
0: yeah. Just because. Yeah. And then you give up and you sit on the couch yeah. and then. It's better. <laughs> it feels real. It feels more it feels real. Feels human. It feels human. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it feels messy and human. Yeah. Yeah. I like being messy. And human. Yeah. But Facebook and just the fucking internet in general, uh, social media-wise, it's so surface level. That's it is. something that I'm also yeah. studying and I, I and I've realized that that social media networking has made me um, made my brain adjust in a different way that I don't like, and so I'm actively trying to rewire it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, clicking a little button isn't an actual interaction right, with anybody. Like, the, the consistency that you heart anything that I post does not equal out to how close we are, mm-hmm. by any means. Yeah. And I think some people are under the impression that that's what, like, friendship is. It's like, I'm supporting my friend, my friend with quotation marks that I don't actually know online. And, like, I, I don't know, I see people that that do that often in real life, and they treat me so cold. And I'm like, yo, I don't understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Are you just somebody different? Do you like to pretend? I like to pretend to do something. But like in a more fun way.
0: <laughs> Different kind
1: of pretend. Different kind. Of pretend. Yeah. But you know, it's I I notice that in discussions with people, you know, we we often just yeah yeah shake our heads yes we totally understand mm-hmm. we don't want to dive into this any deeper and then the conversation just ends mm-hmm. there. And this is something that I realized because of a breakup actually. <laughs> is that that was a major flaw in how I communicated with people um, and especially this person because they were able to present very difficult ideas to me that I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just, yeah, yeah, or no, I don't get it, or hmm, and then just end. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't go past that surface Mm -hmm. level because my brain's just so, can't, can't get there. And so now I'm studying how to get past that. How do you ask more questions about that? How do you go deeper with people?
0: Well, I think part of that, too, is we've, with social media, like, we've conditioned ourselves that we don't need to. So it's like you have to relearn. Yeah. You know? Unless you've got a dynamic with somebody where that happens naturally and comfortably and easily. I think Mm -hmm. we, a lot of us, have to relearn how to do that. And I don't think you're alone.
1: no. No. And it's different for everybody else. I mean, for everybody, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. like the interaction, there's there's not just, like, a one-trick pony method yeah. with people just because everybody converses differently. Mm-hmm. And so that is also making me realize, like, interactions, where it's at. Like, I have hated talking to people for most of my life because it makes me so nervous. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, I'm lonely I need people. Mm-hmm. People are how I learn. People are how we build and like love and find new things and work with each other. And I wanna to get to the actual, like, heart of it. So I wanna figure out how these people's brains tick it, mm-hmm. um, even if it scares me
0: a lot. I can appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. This sort of thing has been on my mind so much in the last five or six months. Mm. Because yeah, the last six months have been rough. have uh, <laughs> been weak. my official reaction. <laughs> <sighs> it's been such an uncomfortable season.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I called it the summer that felt like winter.
0: Oh. Mm. Steal that if you want. Or don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but go on. I am struggling to get myself to just start saying these things. Because this is a recording on a podcast, uh, but <laughs> I feel very similar to, to you and I can relate to what you're saying, I think, because over the last six months, I came to the realization that I've been having an incredible amount of inauthentic interactions with
1: people mm-hmm.
0: where I'm just really, I've been catching myself faking mm-hmm. all sorts of things, Yeah, friendship, romance and just relationships with my family members. It's compulsive. It's, it's so compulsive. Yeah. And then when you sit down and you start to ask yourself like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? Mm -hmm. And you don't have answers. That's like all of the fucking work I'm doing. right? yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrifying. It's so hard. It is. (laughs) Yeah. And so I've been trying to step back and I think I use different language, um, than you do to describe what I'm doing. But essentially, I'm, I'm stepping back from a lot of social interactions and relationships and really asking myself why I've invited this person into my life, why I'm seeking yeah. their attention, why they might be seeking mine. And not in, like, such a cold—I don't mean to sound, like, so cold or calculated, but um, yeah. I think when you catch yourself faking it, <laughs> like, you got to sit down and do some fucking work. Yeah. Or at least that's where Absolutely. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to do that work, and it's very hard. Um, and what you're saying about that surface level, I think, plays into, it, plays into it a lot because it's so easy to just keep things right there because it's safe and it's comfortable. And then you don't ever have to go deeper, even though you can look like you're – you can still be very engaged and very warm. From it, while holding somebody at arm's length yeah and i think for me that's what i realized i was doing with a lot of people mm-hmm. It's was like it's safer to keep you all right over there, there. <laughs> yeah. and then we can all say we're friends and it's great and the mm-hmm. libra in me is like look at us all getting along <laughs>
1: <laughs> like eyes are kind of glimmering but also
0: yeah. like just stay. You over just there. stay right <laughs> there, and I yeah. love you from afar. And that's mm-hmm. not love. No, that's not friendship or care. That's uh, yeah. like setting Tolerance. up a dollhouse. Yeah, and that's scary as fuck.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. It's called, dollhouses are just scary as fuck. They are. They're yes, really they are. weird. Yeah, I have a fear of porcelain dolls. Don't ever get me
0: one. Uh, promise to never get Please
1: you in. Don't. <laughs> Terrible.
0: What about a raggedy Ann? Pretty,
1: still pretty bad.
0: I also think they're terrifying. They're really weird. They used to be my favorite when I was a kid and now I'm like, that is a doll waiting to be obsessed yeah, by a spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. It probably already is. <laughs> <laughs> and who is Raggedy Ann anyway? Yeah,
1: why is she so raggedy? I don't know. Has she been dragging where, dead bodies around?
0: She's got a brother and they <laughs> hang out but <laughs> where are their fucking parents? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're like uh,
0: pre-children of the coin children.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What if it just transferred from red-headed possessed children to blonde possessed children, soon it will be brunette possessed children?
1: No, that's an I can be one actually of them. that's all. Well, I have gray hair right now so I guess. I'm Your gonna... hair's looking really cool by the way. Thank you. It needs cut, but I'm also in that debating phase where do I want to do I want to try growing it out again? Mm-hmm. Keep it I, I would love a braid. You know, I used to be able to braid my hair. It's yeah. been a very, very long time. But there's also the thing about I really like passing as a male.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I don't think that that would be as easy. Unless I look like that guy from Queer Eye. He's pretty fabulous. Have you seen an episode? No, of Queer Eye. I've only yeah. seen one episode. Um, but I like follow him through the gram. And he just always looks like he's frolicking with his great bushy mustache mm. and long straightened hair and gorgeous smile. And I'm like, you're like an angel from above. <laughs> please just, like, hug me and, like, I don't know, put a tiara on me or something.
0: Hug me and put a tiara on me.
1: <laughs> yeah, Please.
0: And a mustache. These are comfort. I'm learning about <laughs> what makes you comfortable. It's going to make Lucien feel a little better on a bad day. A tiara. A tiara. And a hug, maybe. And a hug. Yeah.
1: I'll probably throw the tiara off. You know, it feels Just good for a let, let me, like. I'll place it in front yeah. of you. Okay. Okay. Sweet. I'll Perfect. put it on. <laughs> and I'll drink my coffee. And I'll drink my whiskey.
0: The Prickly Pear Podcast is just one of the many things we create here at Blue Cactus Press. For those of you who don't know, Blue Cactus Press is a teeny tiny publishing house based out of Tacoma, Washington, and we publish works that center on the undercurrents of the shared human experience. We publish poetry, short stories, and essays, and you can find our books at bluecactuspress.com. When you're done listening to this episode, head to bluecactuspress.com to check out our literary works. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So, it is the beginning of fall. Yeah. Do you have any sort of, like, projects that you're working on or things that you're focused on?
1: As we start our hibernating <laughs> um, I'm focused on trying to uh, cultivate work that is not going to allow me to just have so much uh, isolating alone time mm-hmm. um, during winter because that's what I did last year and it was not fun. Well, I also fucking pumped out an album with yeah. Holy Motor last year, which just came out. Called everything is a door. Where can we out find now? It? You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, or do you call it iTunes? No, Apple Music. Um,
0: also, can I just <laughs> say rude? Because for like two or three months, we talked about how everything was a fucking closet. We did, and, and now I everything stole everything's, it. A <laughs> everything's a door. Everything's a door. Everything got turned around on me, and I feel lied to.
1: <laughs> I was just sitting on the couch one day, and I look over at him. I was like. We, we we would always just kind of like come up with titles for shit. Uh-huh. And i I was just like, all was doors. And he looks at me, <laughs> and he's like, That's okay. And I'm like, fuck you, I'm gonna name that out. because Everything was a Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> You're
0: getting fucking great.
1: I wrote it on my on my hand and I never forgot.
0: <laughs> I like that. What kind of music is this album?
1: It is ambient orchestral electronic. Cool. It's really Um, If anybody's familiar with Stars of the Lid, Stars of the Lid. They are a really cool group, Um, and it is very reminiscent of that.
0: Mm. Were they one of your inspirations?
1: I think so. I think kind of subconsciously, probably. Mm -hmm. We listened to them a lot while we were making that. I also got introduced to Godspeed, You Black Emperor, Mm -hmm. around the same time. And he has definitely had a lot of influence from them. And now I am having a lot of influence mm-hmm. from them. They're really they're really wild. I, I like them a lot. But it's just like it's like punk orchestra. I'm like, how is this That's possible? Cool. I love
0: this. That sounds awesome.
1: Yeah. But diverting uh that, that album is very sad. I've had quite a few people okay. tell me that it's a very sad album, but very good.
0: Well, uh, I mean, to be fair, you're kind of a melancholy
1: human. I am a very melancholy human. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's just my spirit. Yeah. It's who I am. Um, but I'm looking to not be in such a difficult space. I can't really control that. I can, mm-hmm. you know, try to prep myself as best as I can. But, yeah. Um, but I, I want to make films really badly. I started storyboarding for one, Ooh. but I I need a lot of people, and organizing a lot of people at one time is not one of my strong suits. Mm. Um, I don't because... think
0: anybody's strong. Suits, <laughs> <but> it's hard. <laughs> I <laughs> it's bet. Really
1: hard. I I feel like I'm I'm more of the uh, I'm I'm the person molding the play doh mm-hmm. in the background, and mm-hmm. I know how I want everything to look like, mm-hmm. um, I, I know what the color of the curtains have got to be, I know what color the background's got to be, I know what this person has to be wearing, everything about the actual scene, but getting the people I need and getting the resources that I need is the one thing that's, like, really hard for me mm-hmm. with the filming thing, so I actually put out, I created a survey for people to fill out online that asked if you want to work with me, how do you want to work with me? Can you also work with me in this way? Mm -hmm. Can I call on you if if I need, like, somebody to nude model for me?
0: (laughs) You're building a creative sort of network for
1: yourself. A roster, I called it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I got, like, 11 people on there so far. I just need to put it out a bit more, but hopefully those feel like those people will become the actors in in these little films. They're not going to be very long. Maybe, like, two to five minutes mm-hmm. at most. But this is also something that the last time I was interviewed, which was for the alma mater blog, I was mm-hmm. talking about this. I said, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to start doing these. And I still haven't done them. I've done a little filming by myself, mm-hmm. with just myself, and I think I have enough to put together, like, a singular thing. Mm-hmm. But just me, and I want more people to be involved in this, because it's cool. weird, and I think it could be fun with
0: people. Well, when you were talking about it last time, did you have as clear of an idea of what you wanted to do?
1: Mm, maybe not.
0: And you hadn't done this two- to five-minute thing that that you think you could pull together already? No. And you didn't have this roster? No. So I don't
1: progress. know. I'm just saying, for from my, my point progress. of view, there's a lot of fucking progress <laughs>
0: there, and projects take as long as they're going to take. But you're yeah.
1: working on it, yeah, even if it's low key. It is very low key. Yeah. Um, I I came up with. I was just thinking to myself about about this particular period in my life right now, and I, I'm calling it my quiet time because mm-hmm. I feel like last year in the summer I I couldn't stop doing stuff, and it drove mm-hmm. me nuts. I got a lot of highlights, you know? Yeah. Like, I I, I got a lot of public attention, but that's not why I'm doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to get to the true purpose of my work, and uh, things have quieted down, and uh, I'm doing a lot of, like, reading, writing, planning, Mm -hmm. organizing, and it's my quiet time. Mm
0: -hmm. Incubating.
1: Incubating, yeah. And there's not a whole lot of public output Mm -hmm. like i'll post like a little thing on instagram every now and again Mm -hmm. but even then it probably doesn't have very much to do with what i'm actually doing Mm -hmm. so it's it's been a bit of an adjustment to go from being able to see others talk about your stuff Mm -hmm. and yourself talk about your stuff very outwardly one year and then to go from that to like nothing Mm -hmm. just all of it's like in in my being yeah. and, like, in my space. Like, you walk in my room right now, mm-hmm. in my studio, and you're like, shit's been happening. But mm-hmm. you don't see that right, you know, like, looking at me. Mm-hmm.
0: But. but that's just kind of how you are as a person. Or that's how I see you as a person, and I wonder if that's how a lot of people see you. Maybe. Like, even just with what you were talking about, um, kind of decluttering your social life. Mm-hmm you are just somebody who I know I'm not going to know what's going on with you by looking at or participating in social media or saying hi at the coffee shop. Like, if I want to know what's happening with Lucian, I've got to go talk to Lucian. Yeah, Yeah.
1: yeah. I I don't divulge a lot of information um, flippantly, you know? I I also just can't. Mm -hmm. I've learned that I'm, like, too long-winded in my heart to to be able to. This bump to the long-windedness. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but I think that's good, right? I mean, it can yeah. be good. I think it is. I
1: I I love it. Yeah. I like that part of myself a lot now. Because I felt when I was giving short answers, like, people didn't actually get to know me. Yeah. Um, or they got to know, like, this uh, shadow of a thing. A shadow That wasn't thing. Yeah. actually me.
0: Yeah. You know? Is this a different sort of um, process or flow for you, for you creatively than you used to have? Like, did you used to share quite a bit of the creation process?
1: Somewhat. Um, but I think, you know, especially when I was painting, the painting was a big thing for me last year. Mm -hmm. It's not a big thing for me this year. Mm Yeah. I want to start working with oils. That's going to, again, really, I got gifted a very large bag of oil paints. Mm -hmm. Um, and I paint thinner, yeah. yeah. I love the smell of paint thinner in really? the morning. <laughs>
0: in the morning. In the morning. Just wake up, gas fuels. Most people like, ah, oh, the smell of coffee brewed <laughs> in the stove below. <laughs> yeah. nope.
1: Great smell of paint thinner in the <laughs> Paint thinner, paint lay it on
0: me. Yes. Paint thinner. I seriously love it. I get that. <laughs> There's something about... Uh, the smell of dust and gasoline mixing together—that
1: reminds me of home. Hmm, I do love gas.
0: Yeah,
1: like at the gas station, I'm like.
0: <sighs> do you wonder? Like, <laughs> if that that can't be the animal in us, right? I don't so, know. So, like, what part of us? Because I know a few other people who are also drawn Just to the, like smell, into of the gas, smell of gas. Gasoline. And I'm like, what is it? I don't Maybe know. it is some part of the animal in us. Some, hmm. I don't know. I don't know where. No, it kind of makes me feel sexy. Interesting. Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah like, even just the word gasoline, I'm like, Ooh.
0: <laughs> I don't know what it yeah. unlocks
1: in me, but I like it. Yeah. This is the word of the day. Gasoline.
0: gasoline. I think we're going to, let's leave it there. Yeah. Let's leave people gasoline. with some fire, some gas. Yeah. Go find a match, bitches.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just
0: gasoline. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um. Hold on. I, I, was, I was trying to complete a loop in my head oh, my real bad. quick. Yeah. Um, oh, you asked me if, if I was working in a different process oh, than yeah, I was. Yeah. yeah. So with the painting before I got into the paint thinner, um, I was doing like a lot of live painting last year, mm-hmm. um, which is really fun. But it means that you paint very quickly within yeah. the span of a few hours. And even the work I was doing at home was Mm -hmm. much like that, um, except without drunk people looking at me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, That is where the mask comes in handy, because you can just pull it down, and people are automatically (laughs) freaked out. (laughs) But but even the work I was doing at home was just pretty quick, one-off painting that I didn't really, like, step back from. I just, like, Mm -hmm. did all of it at once, because it would drive me mad if i if i didn't complete it then and i didn't believe that i could like return to it again with the same yeah. eye or the same process of thought and i see where that is how that is valid and valuable but i also see now that i was stopping myself i was shutting myself down before i could give myself enough credit that i've been painting for i think 18 years now and I know this shit well enough that I can come back to a painting and pick up where I left off. Yeah, of course. Um, And if I can set up a sort of portal for myself, um, you know, have all of the paints still set out, have all the brushes that I was using, maybe put something around me that reminds me of the state of mind that I was in, then I can like delve back into it and probably with some new ideas and go past that surface level mm-hmm. painting that i just created oh shit oh he he shit i brought it around, it he around. Brought it around.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: go find some gasoline we'll motherfucker yeah. <laughs> or whatever i like that thing. yeah cuz i think it's true we don't as artists i don't think it's really possible to step back into the same headspace when we start something Mm-hmm. as when we finish it. Like, there's, we're just different people at yeah. the end of it, you know? I don't know anybody who... Okay, I will say, I do think that there are certain moments where creativity is mm-hmm. flowing through us and we're able to start and complete something and the, the essence, the, the meat and potatoes of that is mm-hmm. going to stay the same. But most of the people that I know that create do so over a really long period of time in different sessions.
1: Yeah. And... I think that's where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, and I think it would be silly for me personally to look at, like using myself as as an example, it would be really weird to ask myself to transport back to the same me. Yeah. And be that. But maybe that's just my own process, maybe.
1: I think that's also kind of disrespecting who you are in the moment, too, to ask yourself to go back to to something.
0: Um, It is maybe harder... To change something, to change visual art on a canvas, than it would be for me to go in and just change something on a piece of paper, right? Because I can just rewrite it. But well, you can always paint over stuff. True, um, true.
1: Although if it's oil paint, mm-hmm. and this is why I'm a little bit hesitant mm-hmm. to start painting with oils again, it is a little bit more difficult. Okay. Because I mean, you can stuff blends mm-hmm. way easily, way more easily. Sorry. Um. And it doesn't dry Dare very you quickly. grab it. No. Oh my
0: god. <laughs> <laughs> We're not editing yeah. that. No. <laughs> no. Uh,
1: <laughs> but you can't just you can't just like white out stuff on an oil painting. Like mm-hmm. you might be able to scrape it off. Yeah. But even then, like you're gonna be affecting the other areas around the painting. Um, you can't just do, like, a little light touch-up yeah. or whatever. It's And it's going to stay wet for a while. Your house or wherever you're working is going to smell like your work for a while.
0: So do you feel, when you get ready to create something, like a mm-hmm. painting, do you step towards it with a pretty clear idea of what it's going to be?
1: No. Okay. I never do anything like that. I don't think, except for maybe a storyboarding thing, because mm-hmm. that's, I feel like you kind of have to, mm-hmm. but I usually don't know what I'm painting um, until I'm, like, halfway through. Cool. And the same goes for my writing. I don't know what the hell I'm writing Oh, about. yeah, no, so writing, like,
0: for the most writing, part, yeah. something has to, yeah. like, ruminate in my mm-hmm. head and just bubble and simmer and cook yeah. for an ungodly <laughs> amount of time. Um, I like that. Yeah, and even I'm the same way. Once I start writing, it's it's quite a while. It's a couple of drafts usually before I know what mm-hmm. I'm at.
1: I I did when I was in Santa Fe. I I'm looking at this very giant, um, beautiful. Is it a cow skull? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got nice horns. He does. Um, Good cow. It? Cow? Bull? Wait, do cows have Bull. horns? Hold on. Cows have horns. Okay.
0: Right? <laughs> hey, maybe? Oh God, I grew up in the Southwest. Shit. Right. <laughs> like one of those things that you know, but if you try to look at look at it dead on, you're like,
1: I don't know. Uh, well, there's a skull with horns right next to me, Yeah. and I really like it. Um, but it was reminding me of the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum that I visited while I was in Santa Ooh, Fe. Which one did you go? To? Um, Ooh, which gallery? Yeah. Uh, it was okay. in like down downtown. Like, yeah. uh, it was right next to the New Mexico Museum of Art. Cool. Which I also went to. Nice. I liked the Georgia O'Keeffe Museum better me too.
0: Um, it kind of delights me just to think about you being in the Georgia O'Keeffe Gallery and wandering through it, and I was in the Georgia O'Keeffe uh, Gallery. When I yeah, said. I thought about
1: you. when yeah. I was in. I was like, I bet.
0: Yeah, Christina's been down here. there in February. Oh, huh. yeah. But it, you make sense in my head, tromping around through New Mexico. That makes sense. It to made. Me. It felt like it made sense. Yeah, I, I really
1: up. loved the desert. I dream about the desert a lot, mm-hmm. and I lived in the desert when I was very very young, um, but in Utah. Cause I was a Mormon. What? Yep. Fun fact. So how
0: did the Mormon... Well, what would you do at the museum? Uh, I was like, wait, wait. Yeah, no, I was, <laughs> like, was going to phrase that, and then I was like, no, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Well, um, I've been thinking about this particular uh, sort of painting style called Vanitas, mm-hmm. and I'm probably but- butchering that, but it's sort of spelled like vanity, um, and it's a type of painting that is made after a person dies or, like, right as a person is dying mm-hmm. that you will usually depict a skull and, like, the things that they love mm-hmm. around it or the things that contributed to their death. Mm-hmm. So there might be, like, a bottle of liquor and, like, mm-hmm. roses and, like, rotting fruit, and it's really beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's very clearly thought out and planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, like, I was just viewing those paintings. George O'Keefe does not have any vanitas, but... Um, I was looking at these paintings and thinking I could absolutely do that. I'm very good at drawing still life. Mm-hmm. I think I could be good at painting still life. I think I might like to do realism a bit more, mm-hmm. but with with hints of abstraction, which brings me to Georgia O'Keeffe,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who is like a natural, an, an, an abstract naturalist, maybe. I don't want to turn, I don't want to like slap a label on her. But she definitely used elements from nature such as like this horn that I'm looking at here. This one horn, this horn's curved. And she had a she had a particular piece in that museum that was made out of plaster. There were mm-hmm. a few different styles of it. But it there was like a in the display case there was a skull with that curved horn. And then there was this sculpture which isolated the curve of the horn just mm-hmm. as a thing all of itself. Mm-hmm and uh, turned it into, like, this really beautiful, curly, spherical thing. And I was like, that's so neat. She she isolated this realistic thing, this naturally occurring thing that, like, you wouldn't normally just look at it by itself, Mm -hmm. but she did. And I thought that was really cool, and I got a lot of inspiration from that.
0: That was in that back room, right? Yeah. It's, like, the furthest room... There were so many cool things I had in, in that room, and I was also blown away by that. Huh. Partly because I had no idea that she started delving into,
1: or that she went into sculpture. Into sculpture. I didn't need that. Yeah, that, was that totally she mean.
0: spent so much time framing, like taking apart frames and mm-hmm. putting frames back together and playing. They had with. a whole wall of frames. Yeah, there, too. it was so cool. It was really yeah. um, that museum is very well put together.
1: It is yeah. very much so. Like even her, how she. Built her house. They yeah. have like a little replica of a part of her house in there, mm-hmm. and she's got like a, a rattlesnake skeleton under glass um, just in the middle of her couch. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whoa, that's rad. Yeah. Or it was in the middle of a couch in the museum. It might have just been in the middle of a counter in her actual house. But I was just, I'm very, I'm very tied, as we all are, uh, some of us unknowingly, to the natural world, and I find mm-hmm. a lot of meaning. With just fucking trees, yeah, um, and stakes in particular, mm-hmm. um, and I, I want to, I want to take those elements. I want to see how I can like isolate realist elements and start bringing those into my paintings. But that that requires planning, mm-hmm. and that's not something I normally do with painting. Mm-hmm. So once again, that's going past surface level and just yeah. um, taking my fucking time because. Why the hell not? What am I mm-hmm. waiting for? I, I catch myself waiting for the right time to be here now, you know? Yeah. Like, this isn't the right moment to be here now. This isn't the right moment to be breathing and taking my time. Well, when the fuck is the right moment, yeah. okay? Like, no, this is the real thing. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> you can... This you can, is not a simulation. Yeah. This is it. Oh, it's totally a simulation. <laughs> That's a whole <laughs> Don't
0: Uh, play with physical objects in part of this planning process?
1: Like, um, like sculpture?
0: Yeah. Totally. And I asked you because of the way that you were, um, you sort of became animated when you started talking about the Georgia O'Keeffe stuff. Uh, Oh, yeah. That, like, those physical objects.
1: Well, I've never thought of working with plaster before. Really? Yeah. I've... I've made like small little sculptural pieces. One of them is in Matriarch at Alma Mater. Mm-hmm. If you see two hands reaching out at you, mm-hmm. look up and that's my piece. Um,
0: is it up now?
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. It's, it's been there for, for a good while, but it's kind of just like a little out, a little mm-hmm. out of the way on the wall. But I love sculpture. It's just that I usually don't have space for it. You know, canvases are very easy to stow away. Yeah. Um, sculpture is typically not. But I, I was thinking I'm gonna find some plaster to play with, maybe, um, and resin actually. Oh yeah. Resin is something that totally intrigues me. Being able to create your own molds and uh, layer it and paint with it, and it just seems like a really psychedelic, weird mm-hmm. thing that you can do a lot of fun stuff with. Stuff with. Um, Just kind of want to break out of the, break out of the. Acrylic painting cycle.
0: Do something new. Yeah,
1: do something new.
0: Something uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel you. yeah. Yeah. As I sit in the uncomfortable, I don't think it's actually that uncomfortable.
0: It's, it's uncomfortable. A pretty cold okay in shape. here.
1: It, it is quite cold. <gasps> yeah.
0: Space my, my
1: my hands are little Same. little skilin' yeah things.
0: The yeah. office is slowly coming together, but I think it's space Here is going to be my actually the space here will be the only. Purchase. Oh yeah. How long, how big's it gotta be? Not big, just big enough to warm up two people, or just to warm the space, really. I'll probably lend you one. Oh, well, I think I need a permanent solution. Uh, but okay. if you would be willing to lend me one in the interim, yeah, cool. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm also yeah. trying to like not buy shit, yeah. or especially <laughs> new, especially new shit. Like, uh, um, I'm just trying to break my consumerism, my consumerist mm-hmm. habits, yeah. and I think. I heard somebody badass once say, <laughs> actually, they said it several times. They said, as a business owner, your first instinct should not be to reach for your wallet. Mm. And I was like, that is so true. Yeah. And I've gotten into the mindset, like when it came to my business, like if I need this thing, I will get this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to step back from that and be like, if I need this thing, I need to make sure, ask myself why I need this thing. When do I need it? Can I borrow mm-hmm. it? Can I get it secondhand? Can I make it? Can I make it? Can I find mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I want I want to answer those Can questions. Can I delegate someone else Can to make delegate? it for me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, before I reach for my wallet, I want to mm-hmm. use those questions more. Yeah. yeah.
1: We should talk more about that after the
0: podcast. Yeah, see you later, podcast. we got other shit to talk about. Yeah. Bye. Wow. Lucian, thank you for being on this podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. Um, and remember, if you see me walking funny, say hello. <laughs> Cause everyone has legs. Cause everyone has,
0: no. <laughs> oh wait, you're right. No, you're everybody knows. Right. Not everybody has legs. And not everybody can use those legs. <laughs> My bad. Here we go. Okay. No, this is good because I'm reading care work, mm-hmm. which is about um building care networks and kind of destroying ableism. Yeah. And so this is a good reminder, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that thank you for deepening that
1: time. Experience.
0: okay but really if you see Lucian on the street
1: yeah say hi, say, say hi.
0: <laughs> maybe actually don't say anything
1: about my walking I'm self conscious yeah, yeah. about it. <laughs> you know the worst part yeah. about
0: this is that now that everybody when they see you walking around town
1: they're gonna they're be gonna looking think about
0: it. they're gonna, gonna be think like
1: it. watch just wait for him he's gonna trip a little bit <laughs> I'm tripping all the time. It's okay. Don't worry. Good.
0: Fine. Thanks again for listening to the Prickly Pear Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please rate the podcast, leave a review, and listen to some of our previous episodes. They're all weird, I promise. Then head to bluecactuspress.com to buy some of our books. That would be really, really great. Especially because your financial support helps us ensure the folks who work here at the Prickly Pear Podcast get compensated fairly. And on that note, a quick shout out to our podcast producer, Austin Sheen. Austin is a Tacoma-based DJ, producer, and artist, and you can find his music at SoundCloud at Alchemist. Okay, that's all I've got, friends. Thanks again for listening to the Prickly Pear podcast, and I hope to see you all around town. Give me a hug if you see me. Peace out.